This is for report 66 on ecosystems. Let's open up by talking about why this report matters. This is glue for a lot of the topics that we've covered before, like agencies, productized services, micro SaaS, digital products, courses, and micro private equity. The problem is that platforms can't find or seize all of the opportunities to improve their ecosystem. The solution is that we could build services, SaaS products, digital products to actually extend their platforms. In the report, you'll find examples of companies that were built on top of these platforms like Twitter, Shopify, WordPress, Notion, Google, and many more. The first prediction is that platforms will do more to court others to build on their ecosystem. Shopify recently announced that they're dropping developer fees to 0% for the first million dollars of revenue earned each year. And that's just an example of the shift that's happening where these companies are shifting from trying to build the best products to building the best ecosystems to attract people to actually improve their product, i.e. their ecosystem. The next prediction is that plugins will build across platforms. This happens a lot, but you still have some companies like FN Suite, which only uses Webflow, whereas 8020 integrates and leverages a lot of different no-code tools. You have Chur, which only works with Twitter, but we also have Bellbrew, which works across platforms. The risk, if you only rely on one platform, is that once access is revoked, rightfully or by mistake, that can completely kill your business. If you're in the position of Mailbrew, where you integrate with several platforms, you may be down to 80 or 90% capacity, but one revoked API key can't completely take your business out. Another prediction is that more projects will permissionlessly integrate with others. So we have Kitty Race and Kitty Hats, which permissionlessly integrated with CryptoKitties, but we don't see this happen where Spider-Man sequels are rolled out with out permission from the home studio, but this is common in Ethereum where projects permissionlessly integrate with each other and API keys are actually needed to integrate with Notion, Instagram, and Twitter, but we just don't face this constraint in open ecosystems. Another prediction is that the smiling curve will become the smirking curve. This idea of the smiling curve states that most of the value and value chains is captured by micro monopolies, highly differentiated supply and traditional monopolies. The thing that they have in common is that there isn't a lot of competition on either end. The middle is fragmented with a lot of competition, which is a commoditizing force, which lowers margins. And I say that this smiling curve will become a smirking curve because as we get more forkable platforms, that increases the number of options, i.e. competition, that these platforms have, and that lowers the rents that they can actually extract from the market where Ethereum is an example where it can be forked and it actually has been forked. And this forkability allows people to quote unquote revolt and choose the reality that they want to live in if power is abused. Whereas now if people use Facebook, they're going to Instagram and they've been using WhatsApp the whole time where Facebook has this gravity by acquisition that it's just hard to escape. We'll still have network effects, but the network effects will be a lot weaker because these platforms with network effects that we've all converged on can be forked at any time. And that threat of a fork is enough to keep rents low. Another prediction is that platforms will continue to clone their integration partners. Where Twitter now offers scheduled tweets, they didn't always do that. Shopify now offers native abandoned cart recovery. They didn't always have that. 
the next prediction actually flows into that saying that plugins will continue to thrive despite platforms copying them where you have abandoned cart apps like cart hook consistent cart and privy that solve problems that are missed by shopify you also have scheduling apps like typefully buffer and chur which solve problems that are mixed by twitter the thing here is that these smaller teams can actually move faster than these monolithic platforms they could also build for a smaller share of their users whereas Shopify has the constraint that features that they roll out have to actually serve a majority of users to justify being added and increasing the complexity of that product. The last prediction is that we'll see more platforms with lead ads, where platforms like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Product Hunt, they have a lot of our data, email addresses, phone numbers, and what we're starting to see is that instead of simply having display ads, these platforms have pre-filled forms with our name, email, and sometimes phone number that by clicking one button that can be shared with their sponsors and their partners. And that increases the value of that relationship, that direct relationship that these platforms have to users and the information that they have on hand. You can see examples from LinkedIn, Facebook, and Product Hunt if you're interested in this idea of lead ads. On to opportunities where the first opportunity is to index into growing markets to reduce market risk. And some examples of fast growing sectors include Notion of site apps and Sheet to site apps, where you have sites built on Notion. You also have sites built on Airtable, where they're simply growing with the underlying platforms. And I used to say index into existing markets, but that's simply not enough. I remember having a conversation with Jeremy from Spiffy, where he talked about the situation that Spiffy is in, where they have a mature product in a market that's not growing extremely fast. So it doesn't attract a lot of investors. And the new teams that have tried to enter the market, they can't reach maturity enough and also self-fund while they're doing that because the market is already mature. Whereas you have these markets like Notion of Sight and Sheet to Sight apps and even AI generated copy that are growing so fast and you can actually acquire a decent amount of new users because you don't face a lot of mature competition. The next few opportunities flow together and point back to reports and topics that have been covered before. For example, you can look at building a productized service or agency around a platform. And we talk about Gloat, which is built on Ghost, AirDev, which is built around Bubble, Bean Ninjas, which is built around Zero. There are also services that have been built on WordPress, HubSpot, ConvertKit, and others. You could also look at building digital products for platforms. You have many extensions, which builds tools for Airtable, and Martin Ryden makes templates for Card. You could also look at building a course to teach platforms where Chris Oliver teaches Rails with GoRails, Marie Pullen teaches Notion with Notion Mastery, and Nat Eliason has his course on Rome called Effortless Output. There's also an opportunity to build a SaaS around a platform. You have Potion and SuperSo, which targets Notion. You have Shoutout, which is built on Twitter. Bear Metrics is built on Stripe. Readwise is built on Kindle and Twitter. We also have Spiffy, which is built on Stripe, PayPal, and Apple Pay. There's also an opportunity to build a data as a service company on a platform. Jungle Scout pulls data from Amazon. Dune Analytics pulls data from Ethereum. Camel 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 pulls data from Amazon. And Explore Hacker News is in the name, but they pull data from Hacker News. You could also look at building a micro-private equity fund around a platform where Conversion Bear rolls up Shopify plugins. Awesome Motive does the same for WordPress, and Sandhills also does that for WordPress plugins. And now we're breaking out of opportunities that point to previous reports. And here are a few more where the next opportunity is to port ideas from one platform to another. We can look at Sales.js, which essentially built Ruby on Rails, but for Node.js. You could also look at which popular WordPress themes don't exist in Ghost yet. 
We could also point to the fact that Sheet Decide apps quickly went from being built on Google Sheets to Airtable. That's another example of an idea being ported from one platform to another. You could also research plugins, templates, and courses by reading reviews, finding complaints, and filling gaps. Shopify has an app store, WordPress has a plugin directory, Salesforce has App Exchange, and these have reviews. You could read through the reviews, look at apps that people are paying for but are still unhappy with, and then going in to fill those gaps. You could also look at forums to discover new needs where member space came from Squarespace forums where users were asking for membership functionality that was not coming from Squarespace. The next opportunity is to build across platforms and they call this multi-tenanting where you're doing this to reduce platform risk. An example is Egghead where they don't simply teach Rails, they teach React, Rails, Angular, Android, and other platforms. We could also look at Mailbrew which works across Twitter, Reddit, YouTube, Product Hunt, Hacker News, and other tools. The next opportunity is to turn your SaaS into a platform where Notion, Shopify, and Webflow weren't always platforms. They were simply SaaS apps, but now Notion has an API that allows others to build on top of it. Shopify has an app store that allows others to extend their platform, and Webflow has a template marketplace. Notion, Shopify, and Webflow are actually leveraging the effort of others to improve their ecosystem. On to key lessons, where the first key lesson is that platforms can't solve all of their own problems or fill all of the available niches. So they end up outsourcing R&D. Even if they could identify some of these opportunities and build them, they can't afford to only build for five or 10% of their user base. They have to build for the majority of their user base. And that leaves a gap for other people to build on these extensible platforms. Some of these features may be make or break features where they'll go to another platform if they can't get this from the leading platform. We could also look at the angle of services where platforms don't want to get involved with services which have high marginal costs. And if we look at the unit economics of a service-based business versus a platform-based business, they're night and day. There's a high opportunity calls for platforms getting involved in services. They would rather refer you to agencies and service providers that they trust with partner directories and certifications that signal competency. Another aspect of this is that by making their platform extensible and allowing others to build these projects instead of taking them on themselves, if the project works out, the platform can slap a 30% take rate on the revenue of this plugin, but if it doesn't work out, they're not on the hook for resources that were invested and quote unquote wasted in pursuing that opportunity. And they always reserve the right to copy that plugin if it works out and becomes popular and they develop a new form factor that it can actually be rolled into the platform itself. Another key lesson is that SaaS apps today can't simply exist in isolation. As users, we expect for apps to work with each other. And that's why we're seeing the rise of Zapier, Integramat, and Automate.io, among others. Another point to make is that every business has platform risk, where we tend to look at newsletters as if they don't have platform risk, but newsletters depend on Gmail, an email client, and making it past that filter. Podcasts also depend on Apple. Even non-internet businesses depend on governments, and they're impacted by taxes, inflation, labor legislation, among other things. The last key lesson is that platforms attract users and then extract value. So at first they may have low take rates and high affiliate commissions to attract partners, but then value is extracted on the back end once these network effects are built and the flywheel is turning and they have this mode in place. They use that mode to extract rents. The only hater we have this time around says that 
We didn't talk about how to build a platform. The thing is that most platforms are in winner take most markets and there are many more opportunities to build on platforms than there are to build platforms themselves. But if you're interested in learning more about how to build platforms, you can check out the report on micro marketplaces or the report on managed marketplaces. I'd like to thank everyone who helped out with this report, including Vishal from TrainEdge, Shawshank from Omdena, Stuart from Channel as a Service, and Yardi Kim from Born Fighter. This wraps it up for the report on ecosystems. I'm looking forward to your thoughts and thanks for listening.